1: Welcome to e-commerce conversations by Practical e-commerce. My name is Kerry Murdoch. The term drop shipping refers to selling an item that is not in actual inventory. Many e-commerce merchants use drop shipping, at least in part, to reduce their inventory cost and to offer slow selling products for sale. Our topic today is the pros and cons of drop shipping for e-commerce merchants. We are joined by Jeremy Hanks, an online dropshipping pioneer, and now the co-founder of DropShip.com, a software solutions provider. Well, Jeremy, thank you for your time today. Yeah, you bet. Jeremy, you are an expert in the dropshipping business, of course, uh, being the co-founder and CEO of DropShip.com, which... uh, We'll, we'll get to that company here in a sec. But my, my first question is, our audience is mainly e-commerce merchants, established e-commerce merchants with freestanding websites that sell a specific product. Should should those type of merchants offer jo- drop-shipped items in addition to inventoried items?
0: I believe that the answer to that should be 100% yes. And the reason that I believe that is because um, when, you, when you look at the physical, you know, typical retail uh, physical supply chain, every time you move inventory, uh, you, you drastically reduce um, the available products of the supply side it, that you're ultimately trying to match to the consumer demand side, um, just because the reality of, of, of three dimensions of size and space and, and money makes that reduction happen. And so you, you know, as a, as, a, as a merchant, when you say, I'm only willing to put on my website what I can, you know, what I purchase, these niche items and things that I, I, I deal with, um, you are also saying I'm, I'm reducing the choice to my consumer. I'm reducing my ability to match supply to demand. Um, and, and I think in today's world, um, as far as we've come with e-commerce and especially looking to the future, as far as where I think e-commerce is going to head, I, I really think you you should um, you should seriously consider how you can use an inventory-free model inside of your retail strategy to to add other products that you can try to match that supply-demand question.
1: Jeremy, to play devil's advocate with you here for a sec.
0: Yep. I I,
1: I am I am not a drop shipping expert. That's that's for certain, but. A, a critic on drop shipping may say something like this. A critic may say it's too complicated in that it's too complicated in that the merchant, like in the scenario that you described, the merchant has to communicate with the drop shipping supplier, has to confirm that the drop shipper actually ships the products, has to provide the details to the consumer, and so forth, and mm-hmm. that that additional amount of administrative work, is uh, not worth the, not worth the trouble yep. uh, what do you what do you say to that
0: yeah I, I, I think that it's I think those concerns are incredibly valid. Um, a couple of thoughts first, I would say that's no more complicated than your you know your readers and and the people that are engaged in e commerce dealing with the retail to consumer transaction in an online virtual way. So th- that, that, you know, kind of critical view of dropshipping would have been the exact same view that people would have taken in 1995 and 96 and 98. And even some companies still take today, which is, you know, how am I going to deal with a consumer that's not going to walk into my store? I don't have a salesperson who's an expert. I, I can't show them and touch and feel the product um, how am I going to get them the product? How am I going to do customer service and so on and so forth and so what what the answer kind of that I have there is in a lot of ways, the first fifteen years of e-commerce has been um, answering a you know more skewed to that kind of retailer to consumer type complexities of a virtual business and a lot of those things have been made far simpler and have been made um, you know in in a scalable way because of technology because of software because of um, companies like magento and companies like ebay and companies like amazon and all of these big companies that that are that are being innovative um from from that business to consumer type um, relationship and so some of those complexities um have been answered and what 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 i see um is it's not that the you know the, that critical view is very important, but that in that in the supply chain piece. and When I say supply chain, I'm talking more about the business-to-business side of this whole thing, between manufacturers and distributors um, and wholesalers um, and the retailer com- component of it. Um, just like the business-to-consumers questions have become, you know, less and less of a question, um, the business-to-business side is evolving at this, uh, you know, in, in the same way, and it definitely is evolving at a different pace and so you know today um, there are solutions that address some of those complexities um, and and can make that piece of it um, actually work and it it is complicated but I would say it's no more complicated than all of the long list of things that you could write down around you know as as an online retailer um, how do I find consumers how do I market to them how do I build relationships how do I do CRM how do I you know do fulfillment i mean shipping you know those things are very very complicated as well and most of the time people say well there are systems that can help me with that um and i think i see the same kind of trends happening more on the business to business side it's specifically around dropshipping and kind of the strategies around how all of that ties together
1: good and i'm looking forward to addressing that here momentarily about some of those systems because i know it involves your 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 latest venture dropship.com so we'll address that here momentarily uh Talk to us, Jeremy, about the process, hypothetically, the drop shipping process for our listeners who aren't necessarily familiar. And let's yep. say, let's say I sell a product that running shoes, hypothetically, okay. and uh, I want to, you know, I carry running shoes, a certain amount of running shoes on my e-commerce store inventory. Those I buy the inventory. I want to supplement that inventory with drop-shipped items uh, to 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 sort of fill out my product offering just following from what you just said a minute ago. Yep. Walk us through the administrative aspects of that. An order comes through, it's got items that I have in inventory and an item or two that needs to be drop-shipped. How would I handle that on the back end?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, th- 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 this is a great question. and And the way that you, you know, it's all kind of deconstructed from the point of, um, I've got, you know, um, let's say that you have 250 running shoe um, SKUs in stock. Um, You have 25, you know, models of shoe that come in 10 sizes. Um, You know, so the first step of of, I think, kind of what you're asking is, Maybe there are more running shoes than that. And the obvious answer is, yes, there are more running shoes than that. Even from the brands that you sell, if you have Nike and Adidas, there are far more running shoes than what you may have, you know, where you can say, I stock 10 sizes of each shoe that I sell. So the first thing is, is saying, I want to sell more, more product. I, I want to take the supply that the companies who make these shoes have, and I want to be a better conduit of matching that supply to my consumer's demand. Um, and so the first thing, the administrative piece, is, is catalog information, um, pictures, descriptions. You you have to you have to be able to you know put that on your your uh, your e-commerce website. And the next component of that is closely related, which is inventory. If you're going to uh, work with a distributor for, for Nike, you need to know um, you know say you you, you know you've got uh, 25 different models of shoe, and you want to have 250. You want to 10 times your product. Well. Um, all of those other models, you you need to know where they are and how many that there are and in all of the different sizes. And so that process is kind of inventory quantity on hand, you know and and product uh, life cycle type issues around uh, discontinues um, and and back orders and such. Um, and then the third piece is you've got to be able to get orders to the supplier and receive tracking back. So um, those are kind of the, you know the the, the 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 back office, you know, kind of administrative aspects is number one. I've got to get catalog information on the site. Number two, I need periodic, probably daily, inventory updates around those virtual products I just put on my site. You know, kind of number three, I need to send orders back to the supplier to fulfill. And kind of three point, you know, three three A is the orders, and three B, uh, I need to be able to get tracking information back that I can relay to my consumer. Um, and typically, you know, the, the way that you manage that, you can do that manually. Uh, depend, a lot of it depends on, on the kinds of numbers and frequency that you're talking about. Um, or you can start to move down the road of, of, of automation around those processes as far as, you know, maintaining that administration. And, and, and the, the minute that you start looking at, at making a little bit more scalable and a little more automated, you're typically um, on that administration question trying to figure out how to get your your uh, your business to consumer fronted e commerce platform to communicate kind of to those those three processes um, and you know there's there's a lot of ways to do that there's there's you know all the way from again manual to full blown kind of seamless automation with different tools like EDI and XML and you know a lot of that just depends on who your trading partners that you're trying to work with are.
1: What what does a merchant in the scenario the hypothetical scenario that we're discussing with a a a retailer that sells running shoes what does a merchant say to his his or her consumer during all that, his customer I mean at at what point does the merchant tell his customer okay I'm going to be shipping you you know this, this pair of shoes that I have in inventory and the other item that you ordered is coming from our drop shipper or coming from our supplier directly what does a merchant say to his customer
0: Yeah, I think you you, want to be transparent and upfront about it because at the end of the day, if if that happens, um, you know, a lot of e-commerce is one order. And so a lot of times the consumer is going to either order the pair of shoes that you stock or they're going to order the pair of shoes that you're having drop shipped, and they're just going to get one box. And so – they, you know, that might not be as important to communicate. But if they're going to order two pairs of shoes and one comes from you and one comes from someone else, it's going to show up in two boxes. And so they need to understand that. And that's a lot of the, the thought around the, the communication up front from that business-to-consumer side of the, of the equation and, and your web store and, and being able to know, you know, which product SKUs are coming from which place. Um, and and that, I, that's where I would say, you know, do what Amazon does. And basically, just at the point of checkout, you you need to have that functionality that says, well, you know, the the things in your cart maybe you know may come from multiple places, um, and you know, as long as you're upfront about that, and and then can give give some customer service around that, and say, you know what, item number one just shipped because I shipped it, and here's your tracking number. Oh, item number two just shipped. Uh, here's your tracking number on that that's coming kind of from the vendor, but. Um, you know it's very, very common. Um, you know, consumers uh, even again back to Amazon um, point. Uh, consumers are used to uh, things coming from different places and different warehouses, and um, it happens a lot. And, and a lot of the largest retailers out there. In fact, almost all of the largest retailers out there um, employ drop shipping and supplier you know direct fulfillment practices. And so. Um, I think as long as you're transparent and upfront with your consumer, I don't think any consumer is going to have a huge problem with it. And in fact, some companies actually take it and, and really market that. And they you know, it's this is available only online. And, and they actually put some more positive marketing around it. Like, you know, we, we have a larger selection for you. It's all about we're trying to give more choice to you. So they take some of the, the advantages of drop shipping and, and kind of this inventory-free retail strategy and they really market and sell those, and that, in essence, you're you're selling the good of it, and you're also simultaneously setting the expectation from the consumer side of it that when the nuts and bolts of the fulfillment happen, maybe it's gonna you're gonna get you know two different boxes. And I, I don't think there's a huge problem there as long as you're up front with it.
1: What about shipping costs, Jeremy? Who pays shipping costs in the scenario we're talking about? Two items are ordered, uh, so that that in my mind, that we've just doubled shipping cost, or we've increased shipping costs. How's that typically handled?
0: Yeah, and that's—it's exactly right You know, shipping two boxes of air is going to cost you more. You know, what I mean, so it—it mm-hmm. it is exactly true that if you have um, a percentage of your orders that are those mixed orders, uh, where some of it's fulfilled from your own. Uh, you know logistics capacity and your own inventory versus drop shipping you are increasing those um, typically the retailer uh, pays the the actual shipping costs to the vendor um, you know part of that is you know if if I'm the vendor I'm saying I, I'm I'm holding the inventory risk on your behalf mr. Mm-hmm. you know online retailer so you um, I'm, you're going to have to pay the shipping, you know, on the, on the product because I, I've taken kind of some of the costs and risk onto my plate for you so you can make this, this sale. Um, and uh, what we see as kind of a best practice is most of the time um, retailers, uh, and this is where having some amount of data and just kind of running some scenarios, even just, you know, in Microsoft Excel and things and looking at some of your order history, it's, you know, if 10% of your orders are getting Fulfilled from multiple places, you know that that changes it much more than if it's ninety percent. You know you're you know and uh, um, and so so looking at some of that data and most retailers do shipping based on on price and they kind of run law of averages and uh, you know even even saying hey over a hundred dollars or whatever you kind of get into that whole free shipping dynamic. But uh, from what we can tell, most people um, still run by those kind of. Uh, Strategies and and they're able to make it work on averages. Um, and sometimes it's about keeping the customer happy. And they were able to buy the shoes from you versus a competitor. Um, and maybe because you had some extra shipping costs and things, maybe your margins were reduced or potentially even eliminated. Um, but the order came to you instead of somebody else. And so there is value, even you know, in that in that uh, in that extreme kind of case.
1: Um, I'm wondering without without really know what I'm uh, without really knowing what I'm talking about here I'm I'm wondering if in fact a merchant that uses a blended strategy of carrying inventoried items and drop shipped items of offering those on his his or her website it it strikes me that the drop shipped items are going to be those items that aren't as popular and potentially aren't as competitively priced and therefore may be less susceptible from shipping pressure as more commodity items is that is that even close to being accurate
0: um no i i think you kind of you know it's hard to always make those sweeping generalizations but i think that is one that would more often than not prove to be exactly exactly right that um you know your ability to move you know into a broader product range um it, it can significantly start to change the, the whole dynamic of, of you know, the, again, it's the supply-demand kind of macro-level questions, and then down at the smaller level, it's about margins, and it's about the cost to get those products. And, you know, it, it's important to remember that although you, maybe you're eating additional shipping costs, what you did not have is inventory-carrying costs mm-hmm. for a period of time um, because you, you those, those costs, you know, uh, dynamics never hit, you know, they never hit you as the retailer because these products – lived at some other place. I mean, and as long as you can connect those virtual data points um, around the catalog and the inventory feeds and, and an order exchange, um, you, you know, you you although you may be increasing some costs to actually make those sales because now there's additional shipping costs and things, what you didn't do is have to deal with a lot of the inventory um, costs and or limitations by saying, well, I only have 25, you know, shoes versus that there's hundreds or thousands of shoes that are out there. So. Um, you know, I, I, I look, and I, when you net that all together, um, it, I, it typically falls out that that it, uh, that it's a net win. And that's why I think you see so many of the largest retailers and uh, even a lot of large brands and distributors engaging in the strategy and, and pushing and, and supporting, um, you know, virtual inventory and supporting dropshipping.
1: Who are who are some of those brands? Name name just a
0: few for us, before. Yeah, so I mean, you could look at I mean, you know, Costco, Home Depot, Walmart all have massive drop shipping programs. We just we just got back from um, a show in Vegas last week called the Hardware Show. Um, Home Depot had armies of people going around to all of the exhibitors, which at that show are typically manufacturers, uh, basically saying, "Look, I'm never going to put your stuff in my stores, but I'd love to drop ship your products online." Mm -hmm. Um, You know, big brands, uh, Carhartt, you know, is a company that we're, you know, we are connecting into. Um, You think of a clothing company with all of their different products and all the different colors and sizes. They have thousands and thousands and thousands of SKUs. And for small merchants, you know, the ability to to even buy one product, you know, one shirt and pants and work gloves across all of those different sizes and, and, and materials and colors, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get one of things. Um, you know, so the idea of saying, well, but 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 a company like that, they have it. They have warehouses, and if they can do fulfillment on the behalf of somebody else, if I can connect into that and if they're willing to allow me to do that, um, you know, and some of those bigger brands have very, you know, they have restrictions on who they will and won't work with. But if you can make that work, Um, There's something very, very powerful around saying I can take the supply of those work products from Carhartt and I can, as the retailer, I can keep that supply um, 100% as I position and put that in front of a consumer versus saying it's 5% or 2% or, you -hmm. know, the whole, you know, the number that I saw years and years ago in the outdoor recreation, it was 13% was the average number of products that a specialty retailer carried from the brand mm-hmm. that they were authorized and so there's such a decrease in that de- you know supply to demand um, it can become very powerful and, and and you see these huge companies there there are companies like Wayfair that are that are doing it you know they're a half a billion dollar a year on their way to a billion dollar and they're a completely dropship retailer they never touch any products themselves at all so um, you know that the, you know back to a couple of your first questions it it's it, there are complexities with this, no doubt, but um, it should not be just dismissed as something that can't happen because the largest companies out there do it at, at, at scale, and they do it very successfully. Um, and what I mm-hmm. see is, I, again, kind of that point earlier, the, the world is evolving, and it is, it is becoming such that, that, that smaller merchants can deploy these strategies as well and be successful at doing it.
1: We have just another minute or so here, Jeremy. And uh, tell me about your your new venture. You're you're the founder, of course, of Doba, which is pioneering drop shipping reseller, if I could use that term. And now you've launched uh, a new venture, Dropship Dropship.com. Pardon me. Tell us about Dropship.com. What does it provide, and what are you what are you doing with that company?
0: Yeah, so, you know, through DOBA, over the years, you know, we lived the pain ourselves of of saying, you know, we need to integrate, uh, in our history, we've integrated uh, Adoba with hundreds of dropshipping vendors, and it is a complicated process. The catalogs and the inventory feeds and the orders, and everyone uses different formats and different business processes. And so we, we started dropship.com um, to basically try to build software to address those problems uh, you know, for small, medium-sized businesses and merchants where we can deploy um, systems and solutions and integration services and kind of that whole mix uh, to help connect all of the dots and to provide a dropshipping software platform that people can use to start and or grow uh, their dropshipping program. So that's, that's our complete focus. That's, that's why we named the company Dropship.com, is to, to remind us that we're focused on solving that problem.
1: So a merchant listening to this can go to dropship. com. Can a single merchant work with work with your company in terms of?
0: Um, yep, yep, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, we we're interested in, in people that are th- that that are trying to solve that that problem of saying, I want to work with with uh, with at least one vendor, if not more. Um, and how do I connect my you know business to consumer focused system uh, to you know to this more. You know, supply chain you know problem of, of that catalog inventory order process um, okay. and uh, you know we that's that's what we do is try to help help with the software solution.
1: Anything else Jeremy as we're wrapping up anything else on your mind for our audience of e-commerce merchants?
0: Um, the la- the last thing I mean kind of hinted a lot around but I, you know I, I look at, at a very simplified view there, there are companies that make things there are companies that sell things and then there are all of us as consumers that buy things. And um, I think for, you know, for e-commerce merchants, they've typically lived inside of the sell things world. What, what I'm seeing is a lot of blurriness happening. And it's kind of been the whole conversation of e-commerce for a lot of years. But it seems to me that more and more companies that make things are also selling things. They've decided to sell direct to the consumer. Um, more and more companies that that have been pure, you know, resellers and retailers are starting to understand. Maybe um, I can start to look at creating my own products. And so I, I think, you know, inside of that world, um, there is a lot of things happening. And so I guess, uh, you know, just, just as as an e-commerce merchant, I would really be focused on, you know, how how in this changing, changing world. Um you know I, I personally believe that the next fifteen years of e-commerce will be far more disruptive than the current fifteen year history or so that we've had so in that kind of dynamic, you know how do I continue to focus on um, my uniqueness so that you don't get caught up in kind of a race to the bottom type scenario, but how can you continue to be unique and successful as a as a merchant um, and and you know how do you how do you look at these changing supply chain dynamics and you know, drop shipping, and, and if a brand can sell direct to the consumer, well, on one hand, he's competing with you now, but on the other hand, that means that logistically he can support you as, as a drop shipping vendor, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's a good and a bad thing. So I guess that's just the last thought is, is is to be nimble and to really focus on what is your unique proposition to the world of why you deserve to exist as an e-commerce merchant, and, and don't don't think you that, that, that you may have an answer to that today, but that answer may not apply tomorrow, so always okay. ask that question.
1: Okay. Well, for purposes of our listeners, we've been visiting with Jeremy Hanks. Jeremy is the founder of DOBA, which is a pioneering dropshipping company, and his latest venture is Dropship.com. As he described to us, Dropship.com provides software to link retailers with suppliers and manufacturers. That's Dropship.com. And Jeremy Hanks, the co-founder of Dropship.com. We thank you for your time today, sir.
0: You bet. Happy to help out. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.